Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela, episode 21. We're talking about empath boundaries today. And first, with somebody who has no problem with boundaries, or maybe a few, like other people might have with him, I'm not sure, is (laughs) Scotty. Probably more with me. Hey Scott, how you doing today? Good, great, fantastic. How, how was your uh, How was your weekend? Oh yeah, it was great. I spent it with this guy. <laughs> he looks a lot like you. Oh, oh you're talking Where about were me. you this weekend? Well, I actually had a date with uh, Chase Rice. Chase Rice. Yes, we went on a date. He's very popular these it, days. Yeah, I found him. You You don't want to know how? How? Dating website. Stop. Yes. You know, we all know my problems with the Amish dating site, but there's yes. also a site yeah. for just for singers and uh, people that have played instruments for The Bachelor. Okay, so that's interesting because I've often wondered where all the people that have played for the one-on-one dates of Bachelor right. episodes go. They, and you're telling me there's a dating website for They them. go on to this dating website. Interesting. Yes, and I found this guy named Chase uh, rice. Yeah. And we had a date. That's great. It was, it was a lot of go? fun. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I'm cool with that. It was weird. Cause we went to another concert. <laughs> yeah. And the guy there was like singing to him. Stop. Yeah. It was really strange. Did they know each other? I think they did. That's awkward. It's really awkward. It's really kind of weird. I hope. Well, all right. Well, anyway, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's move on from that. But, yeah, um, let's... <laughs> You told me the topic this week, and you don't really ever give me the information. You just I say, never do. We're I'm doing like, boundaries. We're doing empath boundaries, which, yeah. you know, you never, you take into your own right. interpretations. Yes. So my first, and then you always tell me to go, you know, come up with yeah, some stuff. Yeah, come up with stuff. Yeah. And the first thing I came <laughs> up with was, like, to kind of quiz you. And oh. I was going to quiz you, like, about, like, a river, like a boundary. And I thought you meant, like, natural boundaries. Oh, natural boundaries? Yeah, like so mountain my, ranges? Right. Or, okay. That, that's what I thought you meant. Okay. You and are... The so, history buff, so that would yeah. make sense, geography. So the question I came up with was, what river is the boundary between Texas and Mexico? That's not nice to, like, do that to me. No, I don't understand geography. Right. I, yeah, and I figured you probably weren't going to get that, <laughs> and that would be the Rio Grande. I knew that. Oh, I should have said it. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I just I, thought that was just the obvious one. Yeah. So then sure. I thought, wait a second, this is probably not what she's talking about. Right. So then I thought maybe she meant red boundaries that I have. Okay. So, like, I came up with a couple of those. Like, okay. I don't like, you know, you're ever online. Yeah. And then there's someone behind you. Well, yeah, if you're online, there'll be someone behind you're you. You're in line, like at a store, not online the internet. Like, you're in line right, in a right, store. Right. Like, physically in a line. You're in a line, yeah. And then, like, you're, you're, you know, you're waiting for your turn. Yes. And the person behind you yeah. gets, like, closer and closer yes, to you. I yes. hate that. Yeah, it depends where you are. I think that's a cultural thing, that, too. Yeah, because, yeah, like, we'll go sometimes to yeah. the outlets oh, yeah, down sunrise. here. There's a lot of European that fly into Miami and then come into the outlets. And um, I don't know. They just don't have the space bubble we have. And and, right. and you just, you can't handle the outlets. There's all this space and someone's touching you. And you're right. just, you look at them with such disdain. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like <laughs> you can move like a foot back. Like we have like, room here. Yeah. There's like plenty of room. It's a, it's a big, big, big mall. They do. They, they touch Very you. big mall. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like a, you're in a restaurant, yeah, and there's like those tables oh. that that like one side's a booth and the other side's a chair. Yeah, that's an and issue then, like, for you. Yeah, and then like the middle table. Yeah, like, middle I table. I don't want to eat with other people. Like when the the tables are very close to one another. Yeah, I can do it. I don't like to, but if I'm with somebody that doesn't mind it, then I don't mind it. But if I'm with you, I can't handle it because I feel you not being able to mm. handle it. See, I'll just be codependent eating. Okay. Like if somebody's cool with it, I'm cool with it. If they're not, then I'm not either. Okay. But then I thought, all right, well, you know, maybe she meant like like boundaries, like you crossed boundaries. Yes, right. So I came up with this game. Okay. It's called Can I Shock Mystic Michaela? It's very hard to shock me. And in my readings, people often say like, you know, they start prefacing things like, okay, I don't want to like, oh my gosh, here I go. I'm going to tell you. And it's like, listen, you can't shock me. I've heard it all. And without judgment. Honestly, okay. truly, I do not have judgment. I, and I've heard a lot of things. So let's see if you can shock me. And it's kind of like more like, like, do you believe this kind of thing? All okay. Right. Oh, you know, like it's a so shocking more like, does this exist in the world? Yeah. Not of. like if what somebody did. 
Right. Well, that's different. Right. It's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's very. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't really, you know, whatever. You can't tie it in. It's okay. That's my, that was my problem. <laughs> you know, like with, 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 with the uh, star seeds. Yeah. Know, we did the whole thing with the aliens right. and the MIR. Yeah, you, you tied that in. I kind of tied it. Right. You know, this one kind of sort of not really ties in. Okay, that's okay. fine. Let's see All if right. you can So the shock first me. thing is, there's a thing called Bowen therapy. Bowen therapy. No, Bowen therapy. Bowen therapy. Do, do you know what that is? Bowen sounds like um, cow stuff. Yeah. So th- this is the belief okay. that you are a cow. I believe that because I saw this. I believe that exists. You do? Yeah. Okay. Does that shock you? No. No. Actually, it doesn't because a lot of people do role playing. Okay. And they identify with like fantasy creatures and stuff. And yeah. I've heard about that in my readings. Oh, okay. That's a thing. Because there are signs. Like what? You become vegetarian. Okay. You uh, <laughs> love to go in fields. You moo uncontrollably. Stop. And you like to eat grass. Grass? That's making you sick. Yeah. Okay. All right, but it's. A I thing. believe it. Okay. I've heard stuff like that. You have. All yeah. Right. All right. Yep. So heard I did it. not shock you there. All right. Nope. Unshocked. Let me, tr- let me try again. Okay. All right. During the Cold War. Oh. You know, okay. You know what that I do is? know like what that Soviet is. Soviet Union. You know, spies. You love those yeah, spy stuff. I do. The CIA created was called Spy Cats. Spy Cats. And acoustic kitties. What? Are, what? Yes. This sounds adorable. They, well, it is until they start doing surgeries on these cats. No. Yes. Scott. They would implant microphones into their ears Aww. and they would put receivers and radio transmitters in their head. Did it hurt them? I have no idea. I, what, I assume, like what they do? Like I mean, they, I don't want a radio transmitter in my like head. Like, so somebody would give a foreign leader a cat and be like, here is a gift. Right. So that's what <laughs> oh, you would do. This you, is totally random, but take your kitty. Yeah. you'd Here you go. You'd get this cat. You'd put the ear <laughs> chip in it and the transmitter. Right. And then you would send it off to, like, the Russian ambassador. Yeah. But who fell for that? I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think the program was a bust. <laughs> yeah. But it Wait, cost, like, millions it? of dollars. We did it? We did it. Yeah. Oh, the United really? States. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the CIA is not listening right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, oh, did I shock you? That shocked me. That shocked you. All right. Yeah. A one for two. All right. I just don't understand if that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're going to go on to spiders. Okay. okay. We have a, actually a resident spider in our car. We do. The kids have named him. Oh, yes. What's his name? Gor- uh, Gordy. Gordy the spider. Yeah. He lives in the car. He does. He lives in our car. He appears every time I'm on the highway. <laughs> Going at massive speeds, he decides to crawl right. out. And he starts to scream. <laughs> and we all start to scream. <laughs> and then he goes away. And we think he's gone. <laughs> but and then, then he always you know, comes out on the highway. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Daddy Longlegs. You know what Daddy Longlegs? Yeah, I do, yes. Okay. Why are not- you talking to me like I'm an idiot? Because uh, <laughs> that's the game. <laughs> they know what a Daddy Longlegs is. you. <laughs> the Rio Grande between Texas. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I dated you. I think I do that. All right. Daddy Longings are not spiders because they have a ding dong. What does that mean? Like they have a, you know, a part that, you know, women like. Really? And, and men, I guess. Yeah. They have a ding dong. So. Daddy Longlegs have. They're male? I, the male ones. The male. No, there's male and female. But so some of them have. I thought all spite, like, I thought all male creatures in the whole world had something like that. Well, not not spiders. So you should have prefaced that. No, yeah. all spiders oh, oh, yeah. have nothing. Like, right. they're neutral well, I didn't think, or something. I didn't think bugs had those. I guess I never thought about it. Yeah. They, okay. So a daddy long has a ding dong. And okay. <laughs> I guess that's a term we could use for the show, right? And I think that's. They, appropriate. They found a fossil of a daddy long legs that is 99 million years old. That's an old. With oh. an erection. So he had, that daddy long leg has the longest lasting, you know, whatever that drug is. What was that drug that came out? Pfizer came out with that drug, the blue pill or whatever, the purple Viagra. pill. Viagra. Viagra. Daddy long legs. Okay. Did I shock you? No, you kind of weirded me out weird that you out, like but... you wrote that down and wanted to bring it to the podcast today. Yeah. But I, you know, it makes me question things more about you. Yeah. Than I mean, else. I thought it was strange. Like a, you I never think know. like a daddy long. I don't know. You're like obsessed with Chase Rice and yeah. Amish dating site. Daddy long. You know, aroused spiders. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe Mystic Michaela needs a reading. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, here's one that's a little more tame. Okay. And see if this one kind of shocked you. Okay. Or is it really believable? Right. So a fortune cookie company. Mm-hmm. One year foretold the lottery numbers, resulting in 110 winners. That's so cool. Yeah. Is it is that shocking or is that believable? That's shocking. Because, like, who plays those? But I guess people would. Yeah. That shocks me a little bit. Shocks you a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I can't believe they got it. Like, like that's the, pretty cool. I think that was meant to be. That's, like, really cliche to play, like, the, the fortune cookie numbers, right? Yeah, 
is yeah. it? You know, mm, I don't know. I mean, what what's better? Just making your kids pick them like you do. You know what I mean? Like, what's better? You know. All right, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. In the country of Amsterdam, mm-hmm. if you die and you have like no family, no friends, okay, maybe you know, hopefully no one. You're a crazy does that. cat lady. Right. I get You're it. A crazy cat lady. You don't even have a cat. Oh. You know, cats don't even like you. Nobody likes you. Everyone's it's awful. dead. Then they will have someone say or recite a poem at your funeral. That's lovely. And write a poem. That's lovely. Is that like a shocking thing? Like they would do that? No, no, no. I think it's very nice. You think they would do that in the United States? No, I think you get like a box. You just get a box. They throw you in and say, get the. Get like a coffee can. Get a can. Yeah. Yeah. They just like cremate you and be done with you. Yep. But in Amsterdam, they'll have a whole poem. I think that's lovely. Because they feel that no one should die without anybody. That's very nice. Yeah. That's kind of comforting. So. There's a possibility I, I will move to Amsterdam yeah. in my older years. Because, I mean, I really don't have any friends and, you know. I assume I'm out of the picture at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So you believe that one. I believe right, that nah, one. I didn't shock you there. That didn't shock mm. me. All right. How about this one? Okay. Over 50% yes. of Iceland, the country of Iceland, yeah. their population believes that there are elves Really? Yes. That shocked me. That shocked you. Yeah, that's a big percentage. Because you thought it'd be like forty percent. I thought it'd be. <laughs> I thought it'd be like whatever the normal percentage is, like one percent that believe in that kind of stuff. Like the percentage of people that watch The Witcher. All right. That was a, like a number one streaming show, Scott, and I think I was right. Okay. Do you want? Do you believe in elves? No, no actually, okay. I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, I. I mean, I like sometimes like people look like elves, but uh, right. Yeah, but I don't know. if they're elves. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'd ask, like, what is an elf? Like a witch? Or like what like what do they think an elf is? Well, elf's like it I think it's like a fairy of the of the woods. I guess I'm kind of more down to earth. Like I'm not really I believe mm. in nature magic or right. nature connection and the ability to channel nature's energy. Okay. And maybe like over time they've different cultures have developed different names for people that can do that. Okay. But I don't feel like they look different than anyone else. Right. Because like sometimes they hide behind rocks and stuff and I just I don't know. You don't That's that. like I'm Irish, do I believe in leprechauns? Like right. no. Okay. But I wonder if uh, people in Ireland do. I just don't think they do. Hmm. I don't know. No, Iceland, Iceland. I know. Iceland. Yeah. I'm just saying like uh, other yeah. cultures. Oh, in Ireland. Other yeah. yeah. All right. Well, over fifty percent. That's amazing. And that shocked me. That shocked you. I was, yes. I'm shocked. All right. I'm doing good. You got it. All right. Dead people. Okay. So if you died. Yes. You still get goosebumps. Ew. That's gross. Does that shock you? No, because I know your hair and your nails grow too. Yeah. Because yeah. like they say like like the, like the skin. is still reacting to things. Reacting to that's things. That's disgusting. So you can still get goosebumps. All right. When you're dead. That doesn't shock me. It doesn't gross. shock you. All right. It's gross. All right. What about this one? Iguanas. Like you could be an iguana. Okay. Because I've heard you say before uh-huh. that you use to do all your readings and everything. Yeah. You use your third eye. Yeah. Okay. Iguanas have three eyes. Do they? Where's yes. Where they is have, it? They have like two regular eyes. Uh-huh. And then they have one eye on the middle of their forehead. Oh. So they have like a third How eye. How I never see that? Psychic iguanas. Where are they? Why don't we see it? Oh, you see it. Where is it? Well, you got to get up close. You're Ew. Not, you're not like, gross. What does it do? Like, it's like for the brightness. Yeah. Like for their- That's crazy. Yeah. That could be kind of like, because you, you have a third eye. You always say, I got my yeah, third eye. Yeah, we all eye. do. Yeah. Do I? I yes. don't, no, I don't have a third eye. Yes, everyone has a third eye. Everyone yeah. has a third yes. eye. Yes. So we're all iguanas. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Psychic iguanas. Psychic iguanas. Huh. All right. Did that shock you? No, I think it's a cool, you know, reptile fact. Do you, do you think iguanas are psychic? No. All right. Now, <laughs> this one, very interesting. The human nose okay. can detect... Over one trillion odors. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm feeling one right now. I believe that because when I table. was pregnant, <laughs> I, you know, well, anybody who's been pregnant, like, understands that, I don't know, all of a sudden, like, you can smell, like, everything. Yeah. And you remember when I was pregnant with Bree, I couldn't stand your smell. Yeah. You told me I, like, smelled on a daily basis. It wasn't, like, that you smell. I couldn't handle your smell. No, I know. Like, like so, you, like we had to have separate pillow. Like everything had to be separate. I was yeah, like, no, you were, blanket. You, you would never, never go near me. I just—it was only for a few months. Oh, like yeah, the yeah. smell, <laughs> not that you smelled. It's just the smell yeah, of you. I mean, like some people can't stand like the smell of meat when they're pregnant, right, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's not that meat smells bad. It's just it's just like yeah. an off-putting smell. No, to I know. Them I mean, you, I was, at that time, I was but out, Abby, I was fine. You smelled fine. Yeah, to me. but then like from time to time, you'll be like, you stink or you smell. <laughs> 
I never said he was fake. <laughs> you have it's a way like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, it was like, you smell like I can't handle it. Yeah. Well, it's probably not a nice thing to hear, and I'm sorry. I couldn't yeah. smell it. But I also couldn't stand the smell of tap water. Okay. Tap water grossed me out, right. and, and ice grossed me out. And like, ice? Remember? Does ice have a smell? It did when I was pregnant. Mm. It smelled so bad. It smelled like the earth or something. I couldn't handle it. So I do believe that about the nose. You do. That doesn't shock uh, me at all. Yeah. For me, I don't believe it because believe it or not, I, I really have a terrible you do. sense of smell. You do. Uh, Bree, it smells things so... Yeah. I wonder... Good. She says she can taste them. I wonder if that's an empath thing now. Like we can... Our senses are heightened. Yeah. Because like on the Mystic Michaela spiritual family page, we all talk about noises that bother us, like chewing or the rubbing of feet or things like that um, or smelling things like certain smells we can't handle like we're just heightened sensitivity to everything it could be so i, mean, I think it's an empath thing i mean I, I don't really find it that that bad that i don't have this good sense of smell because like a lot of times you'll smell something i'm like nah, i don't smell anything oh my god yeah it's distracting yeah yeah like, you know if the cat takes a crap in her bed or something like i don't smell he's that. never done that <laughs> he'll slander the cat <laughs> i think he did it a couple times the other one did the old cat did yeah <laughs> All right. all right so the human nose can detect one trillion odors does that shock you no not at all makes sense all right and then i had that one distinct odor that basically kept me out in the shed for six months oh, please. while you were pregnant Poor scotty I, I just took down that shed hopefully the odor does not come Poor back scotty all right so, so what are we talking about today so today i'm talking about empath boundaries so if you listen to episode four, The Recovering Empath, or episode six, Empaths versus Narcissists, or episode 14, um, Empaths in the Holiday, you're going to get kind of what an empath is by now. And if you haven't listened to those, maybe it's, you know, it's just something to to check back on. You know, it's like kind of like a lot of aha moments for you for what this empath thing is about in a way that hopefully hits home. And a lot of people have reached out to me and told me that, it enlightened them to themselves, which, you know, makes my heart very full because the point of learning about your power as an empath is so that it doesn't control you. So being an empath is something that I find many people, including myself, it can carry a lot of shame. It's like you're constantly in one way, shape or form, always saying to yourself or someone else, I'm sorry, I'm so sensitive. It's akin to being the same thing as weak in our society. So I find that a lot of us try to hide it. It's like a little secret. And we will throw ourselves into the fire and tell everyone it doesn't hurt as we're being burned. And this habit of doing this every day, day after day, constantly is causing all sorts of issues with our own relationships with ourselves, our relationships with those close to us. And they can have effects on our mental and our physical and our spiritual health. You know, so what do we do? I want you to think about your energy as an investment. Think of it like money, okay? Would you invest in a bad stock? Would you pull your money out if it wasn't bringing you revenue, if you weren't getting return for it? Would you purchase an ugly sweater and wear it? Would you spend your money on something, you know, something you didn't want to eat? Would you spend your money on that? No, you wouldn't. But you do that with your time. All the time, you'll put your time in places where you don't want to, where it's not getting returned, where you don't even like it. But it's the same thing as money. You have to put your time and your energy where it's going to bring you a return with any commitment and any relationship. Your energy is in you and think of it like the bank. And as you spend your energy, it, it will get depleted. Some places it will get depleted quicker than others. Some places it gets strengthened. So there's difference where you spend your energy. For empaths, it gets strengthened when you put it towards a place where it's doing its best good. That's why empaths always like to work with the innocents, authentic people, children, animals, the elderly, places where it's going to get, you feel like you've done something today, that replenishes you. Time alone replenishes you. Time doing something that's good for you replenishes you. Sitting down with yourself and writing out a list of goals, meditating, that replenishes you. Places where it depletes you. We're going to talk about that because that's what we've been doing. We've been constantly putting our energy in places where it's been depleting us and we run out and we wonder why. Like I always say, we do what is normal for us, not what is good for us. So we are not used to getting back our investment of energy. Asking for the return on your investment is part of your self-love and self-worth, but it takes time for you to get there. When you start loving yourself more, 
When you start investing your time and energy in places where there are returns, boundaries will get easier to create. So the word boundary gets tossed around a lot these days. Some people are awesome at boundaries. Like Scott, okay? Like we all have that person in our life. We're like, wow, okay. You know, they have no problem telling you what they do or do not want to do. These people generally do not care what you or anyone else thinks when they make a boundary. I was taught the boundaries are rude. A lot of you probably were too. So speaking up for what I wanted was something that I was taught never to do. It was offensive to speak up for myself, so I didn't do it. It hurts people's feelings when you say what you want. It hurts people's feelings when you say no. So don't say no. I would put up with literally any behavior because speaking up for myself was going to make me unlovable. But, you know, you go out and you meet people and you see that they're not like that. The world has boundaries everywhere. You're constantly subject to other people's boundaries. But perhaps in many of us as empaths, we were raised to be polite. Don't put up a boundary. You know, depending on your situation growing up one way or another, there's trauma with that. In other ways, there's different types of boundaries. There's boundaries on your physical body that may have been crossed. You know, if you were traumatically abused, there's boundaries with your emotional self, boundaries with your spiritual self. These are things that you have to dig up from your past a little bit and understand where in your life now you're letting other people create opportunities to cross those boundaries again with you. Because again, it's normal for you to get those boundaries crossed. And the ego likes to do what's normal, not what's good for you. It likes to keep us the same. When we're the same, we survive. That's how your ego thinks. It's your human brain. If you understand that, you can fight it. You can have soul growth. When someone tells you no, what do you do? Really think about this. When you're like, hey, can can you help me out with this? Or hey, can you want to go here tomorrow? Or hey, do you want... And if you hear the word no, what do you do? When I hear no, I back off immediately. I'm like, okay, no problem. Let me know if you change your mind and move on with life, okay? I don't try to coerce them or sell them on anything. No is no for me, okay? I don't push that. But notice the people in your world when they hear you say no, or do you even feel like you can say no? When you're an empath, you will find that you've subconsciously surrounded yourself with people that have issues with boundaries. They don't like them and they don't like people that hold them accountable for being energetically responsible. So basically as an empath, we tend to have a ton of rude, needy, traumatic, you know, wounded, and even narcissistic people around us that we will call close friends, lovers, we will call them family members. And honestly, it's just because you were raised usually to tend to these people first in your environment. So when you start making boundaries, even little ones, when you start making them, chances are the immediate people in your life will look at you funny and they'll get upset. They're going to try to change your mind. I read somewhere once, when you say no and someone doesn't listen and they try to change you, ask yourself, why are they trying to control me? Really have that little conversation in your head when you're like, hey, no, I can't do that. And all of a sudden you hear them coming back at you. You ask yourself, this person, why are they trying to control me? What's in it for them here? And really think about that. Control. When you start taking back control, the people in your life who need you to be like completely available, who need a boundaryless relationship with you, they're going to have major meltdowns. They will attack you and you're going to feel bad. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to be feeling like you're some mean, awful person. You were programmed to feel that way. So expect to feel that way when you start making boundaries. But you got to to get real. You got to kind of like talk to yourself like a friend. Is it so bad that I said I'm not keeping this commitment? Is it really that bad? Like if somebody said this to me, how would I react? Like you kind of have to have this removed conversation with yourself and see like what this is truly about. Here's the thing. The ego, like I said, is the human part of you that keeps you the same. Maybe you grew up this way. So the actual consequence of you as a child setting a boundary did actually entail you being unlovable. So there is a trigger reaction here. You have to be pliable and therefore you are lovable. But when you set boundaries, you are going to lose people. They will go away. And here's the hard, vulnerable, sad truth of it that sometimes doesn't feel good to hear, but this is true. When these people can't handle that you set a boundary, you have to understand it's because they never saw you. They never truly authentically had unconditional love for you. They loved that they could be limitless upon you, that they could enact all their control upon you. 
that you could be the receptacle for all their issues and that you let them get away with a lot of things. That's what they loved. That's what they needed. And when you set a boundary and they go away, it's okay. You have to let them go because it's going to open the door for people who have more equal relationships with you and are more authentically connected to you in an equal way. You know, in everyone's spiritual journey, we go through this. There are certain breakups that have to happen. And it's harder when it's family. Okay. Like I've talked about that in like the narcissist, you know, an empath episode and things like that. It's harder when it's family to kind of cut a tie. But I feel like we've all had like, and I've talked to people all the time, like friend breakups, you know, when you're going on a spiritual journey, a spiritual awakening, when you're starting to set boundaries, people in your life, you're going to grow out of them. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. If they don't grow with you, that's not on you. I had a friend very close to me for many, many years. You know, we had kids the same age with my first daughter, kids the same age. You know, she was in a really bad relationship and he was terrible. Like he was just this awful, mean, nasty person. He was definitely a narcissist. And, you know, she was very wounded from her own issues in life and whatnot. And I felt very bad for her. She had a very sad upbringing. She was a very smart person, but also very snowed by her relationship with this guy and hated him, but felt stuck and all that. And, you know, I felt bad for her and I really loved her. And I let her take the lead in our friendship. So, you know, she she had friends, but nobody really knew anything about what was going on with her. And, and her husband was very mean. So, he didn't like her having friends. So he was very mean to me. So I just kind of stayed out of his way. I'm kind of a hard person to fight with because I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, do do what you want to do. That's fine. Okay. You know, and like she would cancel plans or she'd, you know, RSVP to something and not come or last minute or this or that. And it was constant passes I would give her like constant, constant, constant. And, um, you know, I was, the, the rule was, you know, be be as polite to him as I have to be, you know, to the husband, even though he was very, very mean to me, you know, he threatened me with all sorts of things. And he was, was just nasty because she was, you know, she was isolated. And, and this was the relationship. And this is how it was supposed to be. I was supposed to be dysfunctional because she was dysfunctional to him. So whatever. So once we were at this public place a few years ago, and I didn't go with her, I went with somebody else. And I saw her from, you know, across, across the way, and she was with him. And I was all ready, you know, to walk over there. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gathering all my strength. All right, this is going to be really stressful because like I, being around him makes me feel sick and nauseous and he's mean to me. And, but I have to go over there. And then I thought, and then I stopped. I'm like, why do I have to go over there? Why do I have to go over there and smile and say hello, even though he just scowls at me the whole time and says things under his breath? Why do I have to go over there? And I waved to her, but I didn't walk over there. And I left, I was there for like a half hour and I left and I got the most scathing text the next day telling me what a disgusting, horrible, awful person I was for not walking. I mean, she could have walked over to me, you know, but like what a horrible, awful, disgusting person I was for not walking over to her. And I said, you know, honestly, I don't want to be around him. He makes me feel sick inside. You know, I was very vulnerable. I'm like, he, he, he hurts me when I'm around him. It's physically draining to be around him. Again, more texts. You're disgusting. How awful, you know, you did that. You know, I, you know, she couldn't handle me taking a boundary with myself, with her. She couldn't handle that. If she has to subject herself to that, then everybody else needs to, too. And it was very sad for me, but I had to let it go. And I realized that the relationship was more about me being her therapist and her and this and all these things I did for her and putting up with a lot of secondary abuse that like she that's the thing like sometimes very wounded people expect you to put up with the same behavior they put up with and so one of the boundaries that you're going to find yourself needing to set is that you don't have to lower how you are treated to the way the people around you are treated just because it's good enough for them doesn't mean it's it's good enough for you. Like you can ask for more for yourself, but people are definitely going to go after you for that, who feel like they themselves cannot do that. Boundaries will upset the people who are not used to them. Okay, so that's my own little story. But the question is like, how do you set a boundary? Well, first you have to ask yourself, what do you want? And it is hard to know what you want. I talked about this on my manifestation episode, especially when you grew up as an empath and it was always about what others wanted, not you. But what do you want? Or sometimes it's easier to say, what don't you want? So what you can do is you can make a list. 
what in your life that you do are you resentful about? Like seriously, go through your day, go through your week, go through your month, go through your year and think about every obligation, every holiday, every party you plan or attend. What doesn't bring you joy? What makes you shudder to think about? And you can differentiate between absolutely like hating something and just disliking timidly and make distinctions there. And the boundaries can, doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. They can, they can be flexible. You can think about different ways to make things more manageable for yourself. In my readings, I often see people struggling with having to go, for example, to their abuser's home during the holiday. Somebody who, I, how many times have I heard this? You know, someone so-and-so molested them and they have to go now eat dinner with them and pretend like it's fine. Like that's right there. You don't got to do that. Okay. Like you just don't call. Yeah. You're going to feel like you're going to disappoint everybody around you. And like, they're going to think you're the crazy, whatever, whatever people. I see this being the only sibling that takes care of a parent. I see people who they're always the one bailing somebody out. You know, I always bail my brother out. You know, I'm constantly bailing him out. He always needs money. I was at boundaries, money, financial. I always need, you know, this person always needs money and I always give it to him. Things like that not self-advocating for their shared vision in a relationship. Somebody's dating somebody. It's been like six years. You know, they're, they feel the other, that's the other thing. Like you as an empath, you can feel when somebody doesn't want to talk about something, like they'll send out their own energy frequencies, like a little fortress around like the questions they do not want you to talk about and you'll feel that and then you don't talk about it i see people in these relationships okay we're living together we've been married for six you know we sorry we've been together for six years he's not asking me i don't want to ask him and and i always say it's because you know he doesn't want to talk about it that's why you're not asking him but that's something that it's okay for you to like ask what your shared vision in the relationship is like where are we going with this you know Coworker stuff, like maybe it's TMI all day from a needy person who shares an office with you. When when I was working, I was always asked to do all this extra stuff because like I have, I, I used to have more of a pushover vibe, you know, like, and it, I see now it was just easy to ask me things because I always like, I had the knee jerk yes react. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I was such a pleaser. What else? Putting on a party every year for people who don't, you know, like you don't really care about like stuff like that or, or just putting an end to personal questions you don't feel like answering. Like you don't have to answer a question just because somebody asks it. That's a boundary. So you spend time with this list. You know, where do you need to reconsider the time and energy you invest into these people, places, opportunities, environments? And you got to renegotiate. Think about what could make each of these things better. It will feel lighter when you think about it. You're going to make the choice or decision where you want to cut some investment of your time and energy. Remember, you need a return. If there's no return, you have to renegotiate why you're doing it, how you're doing it, how much energy you're spending on it. If there's no return, you have to see the return and you're not selfish for doing this. You're protecting the investment of your time and energy. You're protecting the light inside of you. Avoidance. Empaths just love that. It's like the easiest tactic. You know, we don't like confrontation. We don't like to generally make others feel like we are avoiding them. We go to the quick yes for anything. And there are people around us who just know it and capitalize on it. So you need to have some built-in responses for when this happens. And in time, you'll become fluent in what I have I call the non-no. You know, like it's uncomfortable to be like, no, you know. So the non-no is an easier way to handle these things. And, and that's the thing. Like you don't have to even have a yes or a no. Like maybe you just, if you're like me and a lot of empaths are like this, like you don't know what you want. So you have to kind of think about it for a day or two or three. Like you have to process it. Do I even want that? It gets easier as you kind of grow, but let's just face it. Like our default reaction is like, we do not know what we want, especially if we were raised a certain way. Like we don't know what we want. We got to sit on it. So anyway, so the non knows, you know, let me get back to you. This is my favorite. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but circle back and let's discuss later. Okay. Like, and that is true for me. I do not have my calendar in front of me ever. So I don't know what my life looks like. So like that, that's actually a good one. I use that one a lot, but it's true. Can you email me with what you just said? I'm not an auditory processor. <laughs> These are ones I use because I like when people start telling me things, it's like, I can't hear you. you Got to write it down for me. Sorry. I know I have plans when you are telling me about like I have plans around that time you're talking about but let me check in with you later about it okay so these are like non-nos you don't have to say yes you don't have to know just give them a non-no it's safe people will come back to you with this like if somebody actually like pressures you like I need to know now or like actually can't you just check or can't mm, that's not going to work for me I, I, let me see your calendar well I'll, I, let's let's figure it out right now 
they're trying to control you. They do not hear your boundary. These are red flags. Okay. So some people need to be yelled at. It's true. It's true. This is awful. It's just that they don't get the polite, evading, non-nose as an answer. We all know somebody like this in our life. These people often need to be victimized, and there's not much you can do about it. These are the people that keep doing the same thing over and over again, and no matter how much you can politely tell them to stop, eventually you're going to find yourself freaking out at them or like just cutting them out completely, doing the door slam, which I call door slam, big empath thing. That means like doors shut, it's never opening again. And empaths can only take so much until like you are stressing me out so much, I'm door slamming you. And then they're never back in. That's just at some point, this is not your fault. They are using you to be set up as victims. Empaths get this a lot in their lives too because you're absorbent, right? So what people will try to do is set you up as their perpetrator because their their identity is such a victim that they need to set you up as their perpetrator. So, so empaths know that this is going on. Like, okay, I'm not going to be set up as the bad guy here. So I'm going to do everything. I'm going to extra ask them how they're doing today. Or I'm going to extra do this or that. And man, that's that's like such a drain of your energy. Um, you know, you sense this, you try to outwit their game, but it's such an energy with these people. The more you understand it's pointless and the less you care about how they label you in their narrative, the more free you are. When some, this is like my thing, like when someone else is writing the play, when someone else is writing the narrative and they're writing your part in it, you can't control that. You know, you got to walk away. You got to let it go. At the end of the day, if somebody's writing you off as the bad guy, you're the bad guy. In their world, in their reality, you're the bad guy. I know you can feel their reality. I know that it's unjust and it makes no sense and it's not right. And you can probably win for here or there to make sure they don't win at calling you this or that. But at the end of the day, it's not worth it. Be the bad guy in their reality. It doesn't mean it's true. It's a big thing for empaths. Just because you can feel someone else's reality doesn't make it true. The worst betrayal... I find is the one you do to yourself. When you say yes to something you don't want to do, this is such torture. Um, you get you can get really mad at yourself. You can project it out on other people in your life, other relationships. It takes time and patience with yourself to set boundaries. So be patient, be loving to yourself. And when you do have to say no, it's a loving no you can give. I'm so pleased you asked me. Unfortunately, I just cannot. Or I'm overbooked at this time. It's not going to work out. But I really appreciate that you are thinking of me. Again, if they pressure you, they're trying to control you. They are not your people. Your people will understand this. The right people understand that. You would understand that. Lastly, Here's the thing. A professional singer, you know, like Celine Dion, she's not going out like screaming her head off at a concert, you know, somebody else's concert. You know what I mean? She protects her voice is my point. A professional athlete isn't going out doing stupid things with their body where they can get hurt. You have a gift to feel other people's feelings as your own. You have a very thin, energetic force field around you, especially in situations that are toxic. It's the same thing. You must protect this. And if you look at it this way, you will start to honor and love yourself and speak up for yourself. It's going to take time. It is a journey. But you might not have heard this before. So I want you to hear it from me right now. And I'm speaking right to you. I give you permission. Okay. Spirit gives you permission. Maybe nobody ever else did. Maybe you need to hear this right now. Right here. I want you to take this in. You are so lovable. And you are allowed to keep yourself safe. And if people don't understand that, it doesn't matter. The right people will. And I give you permission. And I have Scotty coming back in because we asked the Mystic Michaela spiritual family for some help. And I asked them, hey, what are some, because here's the thing, like in the moment, sometimes like as empaths, like we just cannot deal. Okay. We just cannot deal. So I asked the Mystic Michaela spiritual family for some help in what are some quick boundaries you can put up. And I asked my friend this first, my friend, Aaron, who's my neighbor and friend. And I said, you know, cause I was going somewhere and I'm like, man, I'm just spent. Can you come with me? You know, I have someone to talk to. And she's like, you know, I, I can't do small talk today. And she's, oh, I can't come, but like, this is my tip. And she said, I look at my phone and I look busy and slightly stressed and nobody will come up to me. It's like a, it's like a vibe. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to ask the MMSF for their tips. Scotty, what they tell us. Okay. So they, they're all over the board. They're amazing. Okay. They, they're, 
a brilliant resource. Yes. <laughs> so Joni Jones says. Yes. Are we use last names or just first names? We'll do first names. All right. Joni, not Jones, <laughs> says she mentally closes her eyes. Oh, yes. And she puts on an invisible Batman cape. Yes, I love this. And she slaps on some white Angelica. What's that? What's it? What's a white Angelica? I don't know. But I feel like what she's doing is she's giving herself her own empath superpowers where it's a vibe. See, when you do something like that, like you mentally like put up some sort of barrier. Okay. People may not be able to articulate it, but they sense it and then they go away. Yeah. They're like, ooh, can't take advantage of her. So the wrong people, those user people, they they run away because she's got Batman, Batgirl energy. All right. Hannah mm-hmm. uses her RBF. Resting bitch face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I love the RBF because I feel like people definitely do not approach an RBF. An RBF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they get it. They're like, ooh. ooh. And like there's a lot of power in the RBF. Yeah. You know, it's like a very like uh, palpable vibe. Like she's moody. So they just stay away. I think kids really react to that, I have to say. That would be cool, an RBF with some MIR. <laughs> Do the aliens Ol- react to the RBF? Yeah, only diehards would know what that meant. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. Ashley says when someone rings the doorbell, especially if it's one of her fiance's guests, she just jumps in the shower. The shower. Oh, Ooh. my God. Who else uses the shower? Like when somebody calls and I'm like, Scott, I'm in the shower. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you, yeah, I do that. that a lot. Scott's always like, she's in the shower. That's like yeah. family. <laughs> The shower. That's a good one. Okay. A lot of people, headphones. 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 Yes. That is true. Like, especially when you're at the gym or something and you don't want like the person next to you talking to you. Like, and I know we sound mean, but you have to understand we get it. It's like smelling. I say this all the time because I think people understand it. Being an empath is another sense. The same as touching or smelling, smelling. Would you be able to sit next to something that was smelly? I could because I you can't could, smell that well. Because you can't smell that well. Mm. I could not, you know, and most people can't, but it's like some people can smell and some people can't. Some people can feel this much and some people cannot. And you have, you know, you couldn't sit next to a garbage heap and eat dinner. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> I could. But you couldn't. As long as it's not in the middle of the room. Especially if you're pregnant. <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> All right. Molly says she does, and I'm not sure what this is, you might know, an Irish exit she doesn't, oh, the Irish need, exit. doesn't even need alcohol to do it. Irish exit. Irish what exit. You just ghost out. Bye. Oh. You just leave the party. That's an Irish you, exit? You say goodbye to no one. You know why? And this is what this is the Irish exit. Irish people, because I'm Irish, so yeah. I get this. Mm-hmm. But you guys all feel free to take this of every culture. Saying goodbye to people and making it such a freaking ordeal. Like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Everybody, goodbye. I'm saying goodbye to everybody here. All 24 million of you saying goodbye. Too stressful, too much energy, too much attention. It's easier just to be like, bye, in your own head and just leave. (laughs) That's an Irish exit. You just go. But honestly, because you don't want to make it such a production of it. If you're there, people will remember you're there. You know, like you go into something, you say hello to a couple of key people. They can say you were there and then you can like just bye. Kind of like sneak out. Irish exit. Irish exit. Okay. And you don't even need alcohol. Nope. Um... A lot of people are saying that, Kate, they're saying that they just avoid eye contact. Yeah, I do that, too. You do that one, too? Yeah, just don't look at people. Just don't look. That's like yeah. when like we're out and you see some like weirdo, you and Bree see some weirdo, and then yeah. they always talk to me, and you guys... Because are, you're yeah. like, you have this thing where you will stare at people who have odd vibes, and then they will come up to you, and you'll make friends with them. This is because you don't have boundary issues. Like, you never fear that someone's going to take advantage of you no. or hurt you or upset you or, like, stress you out in some way. Like, you have no – but me and Brianna were like, oh, my God. Like, this person stresses us out, and we haven't even, like, made contact with them Right. Yet. And so, I usually, I like to I like to talk to the weirdos. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. And so, but Brianna and I, we, like, we just don't make eye contact. That is a pretty good one. I okay. like that one. No eye contact. Now, it doesn't oh, always work. A lot of people post on here. Some yes. people we know personally. Yes. Th- this one actually is going to hurt. This this hurts my feelings a little bit. Oh. So Jessica, <laughs> who you're friends with, and you, we yes. met her in Buffalo this yep. summer, yep. says what she does is she tells people <laughs> that she doesn't feel well, and she starts coughing, whatever. Ah. And now, thinking back to the summer, you know, I was in a conversation with her, and she kind of said, oh, I'm really tired. She was yawning a lot. She said she didn't feel well. She I had don't a sore throat. That at all. 
She had a stomach ache, and then she <laughs> abruptly left the uh, bar that we were at. Yeah. So make it personal. I, I think make uh, it personal. I think the boundary path boundary thing there worked <laughs> against me. You're yeah. not stressful to be around though, Scott. You just do you. Yeah. I mean, anyway, but all right. So I shouldn't take that person. So acting sick. Acting sick. Yeah. Would be the other That's one. a good one. Um, and a lot of people, you know, say red wine would do the trick. Yes. That might uh, do the trick. Yeah. People sometimes go to Meditation. substances. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. 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 Sometimes like I do this thing like where, um, where somebody who is crossing a boundary with me, um, like they're talking to me. And in my head, I'm like, you can go away now. Like, and it's, <laughs> I feel like that works. Like, it's a vibe that makes them kind of like, the other thing is silence. Like, that's my other thing. Like, if somebody brings you into conversation or tries to, like, you just stop, just stop talking. They'll go away. They'll, yeah. Yeah. Just like, silent. The mono ants, like, uh-huh. And then mm. you just kind of blink, blink, stare at them. They will go away. Let's say they don't get the uh, hint. That's hard. Then you got to like. I don't even know. That's why that's why this was whole thing was about because we don't like making people feel bad. What but some people don't get cues that a conversation's over or right. like this is too much now or like whatever. That's interesting. Yeah, All like right. other empaths get cues, but other people don't. And that's what we're talking about. All right. All right well, that's mean, good. Speaking of boundaries, yes. There was, you know, some boundaries I think were crossed when I had my date with Chase Rice. Well, we have to talk about that, and that leads to our next bachelor game. Scott and Michaela pretend they're on The Bachelor. Let's let's take a listen. All right. So this is the portion of the show where we are going to do a skit from The Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, this is a very unique take on it. We're oh, not yeah. going to give you like the rundown of, no. you know, who Pilot Pete was dating and how yeah. did the group date with 14 women go yeah. and it's things been like done. that. It's been done. It's done on. It's been done. There's like 7,000 podcasts yeah, go that listen do to this. Those. Yeah. Every ex-Bachelor contestant has a podcast they do. now. They all do. And they all say the same thing. But what we're going to do. This is very special. Is we are going to reenact. For no scenes. purpose. No purpose except just for your entertainment. Right. And for our, basically for my entertainment. It's for our entertainment, yeah, honestly. Right. Uh, also, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm dating Chase Rice. Oh, okay. I'm dating Run Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we came up. That was we were watching. We kept coming Run up. With, yeah, like there was another one, like like jump oatmeal. Jump. Oatmeal. It has to be like a verb and then a weird food. Okay, like I, chase rice. Okay, that oh that that's okay. I, like like jump sushi. Yes, that would be good. Yeah. Okay. Like, All right. There's so many that like, you a, could come up with. Yeah, there's yeah, there's tons of them. I mean, <laughs> we're kind of dating. Okay. All right. But anyway, so <laughs> let's get, let's get back to the bachelor. Yeah. He dates a lot of people. <laughs> that's him, and that makes it a funny show because right. he just dates a lot of people. Okay. okay. So I'm going to have one role, and you're going to have two roles because there's only the two of us. Right. This and... is Scott and Michaela act out scenes of The Bachelor. Right. I tried to get someone right. from our studio audience to play the part of Chris Harrison, but they didn't want to. Right. Those so are, you're going to have to do it's that. It's me. All right. Okay. I can do that. I, I can be Chris, I can channel Chris Harrison. All right. So you're going to be Chris Harrison, and you're also going to be Victoria W. All right. Let's go. Okay. So the setting is... Me and Chris Harrison, I'm the bachelor, and we're going to have a talk. Okay. Okay, here we go. Hey, Grandpa. I, I mean, Chris, what's for breakfast? Hey, Pilot Pete. How do you feel about still being a virgin? Um, Chris, I'm not Colton. I'm Pilot Pete. Sorry, Grandpa gets confused sometimes. How was the Daytona 500? Did you decide who are you going to race to the finish line of love with? Uh, Chris, that's Ari. I'm Pilot Pete, the very young-looking, underage bachelor who you guys keep torturing with, Hannah, Hannah Brown with. Hannah. Hannah, good girl. Oh, Hannah. 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 She, won, she, she won the Dancing with the Stars. She's ABC's queen. Yeah. They, you know, Pilot Pete. You, you guys She's, don't know this. I mean, I'm just are going are you Pilot here. Pete right now? I'm, no, I'm going off oh, script. I'm, going, I'm still Chris. I'm going back to Scott. <laughs> I don't leave character. Okay. Well, all right. As Pilot Pete then. Yes. ABC has changed their logo. Like, so it's now A, Hannah Brown, C. Like, because the B, you know, is like the B is Hannah Brown. All yeah, right. that, that was good, Pilot yeah. Pete. Okay. All um, right. Let's get to it. threw us off. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Back sorry, to the son. Uh, sorry, son. I sure did enjoy giving you the key to that windmill. Thank you for that key, Chris. That was scene one. Yes, yeah, scene one. Now there the are three scenes in case three scenes. in case you need to fast forward at any yeah. point. Yes. That's what the thirty second ahead buttons. Yeah, are. feel okay. free if you want to end the show right now. 
uh, to do that. It, you know, it's really okay. It's Monday night we won't here know. at 10.30 p.m. <laughs> this is what we do for fun. And this is actually just for our own entertainment. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, oh, the Bachelor goes. Yes, you do. The Bachelor, that's me, goes on a one-on-one date. With me, Victoria W. No, you're Victoria L now. Right. Okay. The date card is handed to him. It says. Welcome to Cleveland. <laughs> Oh, great. Cleveland. Uh, uh, Victoria P., yeah. you know you have to be a little more enthusiastic. What? Cleveland paid a lot of money for the tourism bid, so we have to say Cleveland's the best and most beautiful city. Oh, Cleveland is great. I love the Midwest. I wish it was warmer here for my midriff's purposes. But... Much, much, much better. Yeah. Let's go fly a plane. <laughs> I'm a pilot, you know. I am terrified of planes and clouds and ladders, the sky, birds, thin air, step stools. Uh, uh, okay, all right. You know I'm a pilot, right? And and skydiving and and and. Uh, 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 I'm uh, underage. Uh, I'm underage. <laughs> all right. Now we get to the amusement park. It's the setting, landing at the amusement yes, park. Now we're at the we're out of the plane now. Guys. All right. We're we're walking okay. out of the plane. Okay. Okay. Where is everybody? I rented this whole amusement park out today just for you. And, and Hannah Brown. Do you want to meet her? She's out the Ferris wheel. No, I don't. But I want four kids. Um, you know I'm only 17, right? It's cool. No, okay, fine. But <laughs> I do, too. Actually, I want four kids, too. Four or six. Uh, that way, no <laughs> one will ever sit alone on a roller coaster, ever. Love is like a roller coaster. It has ups and downs, and sometimes you lose your sunglasses if you don't take them off. Okay. All right, now we're going to go to dinner. Scene, dinner, dinner, dinner scene. Okay. Middle of nowhere, dinner in the amusement park. Why did uh, Chase Rice break up with me? Okay. They're not eating anything that is in front of them. No, they, don't, they never eat. Never we've, actually, eat we've actually asked. We've asked a bachelor, Caroline Lunny, and yep. she said it's real yep. food, it's but real nobody food. eats it. Okay. Nobody eats it. Okay. Wow, that was a really great Lizzo concert. I just love her. Yeah. Oh, about that. Um. Oh my God, this is so awkward. Uh, oh you, my God. You're, you're scaring me. What? This is this is our journey. Oh, you can tell me God. anything. Uh, I'm in it for the right reasons. Love is like a roller coaster. Um. Yeah. So okay. So Lizzo and I used to date. Truth hurts. Wait. What you mean? I used to date her too. <laughs> Let's kiss and make out. Mmm. Mm, you taste like Lizzo. <laughs> I love how you just get me. Even when I am at my lowest, I feel so supported by you. You're my soulmate. And our first of our four children will be named Pilot Pete Jr. Family is important to me. This is a real fairy tale. I have to go back to my 20 other girlfriends now. Chris says I have to be home and in bed, tucked in, my teeth brushed, and flossed by 9 p.m. You make me feel special. And scene. All right. Well, that was Scott and Mystic Michaela reenacting last night's episode of A.B. Hannah Brown's The Bachelor. You're welcome. And I hope that clarified the entire episode for you. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate you. This episode was sponsored by the beautiful, the wonderful, the magnificent Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. I am so appreciative for your support all the time. You guys just have made this beautiful community of vulnerability and strength. This podcast is for you and about you. I always want to hear your take on it. I appreciate your podcast reviews. I appreciate your love and support. Thanks, guys. Till next time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 